Hi everyone and welcome to the All Plane podcast where I talk with the innovators and entrepreneurs that are transforming the aviation industry. First of all, the usual reminder that you can find all previous episodes of this podcast as well as many other aviation stories on our website allplane.tv that's a tv. For today's episode we are going to Scandinavia to Sweden, to be more exact. The Nordic countries have been long leading the way in aviation sustainability. And our guest today has been pretty much at the center of it. Maria Fiskerud is a project leader at the Nordic Network for Electric Aviation, spelled as NEA, N-E-A. But this is just one of several roles and responsibilities that she has had in the Nordic green aviation scene. Maria has recently been selected as one of Sweden's sustainability thought leaders by Swedish newspaper Dagens Opinion. She has also been an early champion for sustainable aviation fuel. She used to work for Dutch firm Sky Energy, one of the pioneering firms in this space, and then she went out to found and manage Fly Green Fund, an organization that promotes the adoption of sustainable aviation fuel in Sweden by letting corporations and individuals pay for sustainable aviation fuel when they fly. Maria has also been at RISE, a Swedish research institute that, among other things, works in the field of green aviation, has been involved with the ELISE project, which is a scientific initiative to make aviation greener, and she's also an advisor to Hard Aerospace, a very interesting Swedish electric aviation startup that is currently developing a 19-seat passenger plane, And she also advises several airports in Sweden that are investing in sustainable flight projects. So there is plenty to talk about today. And Maria will help us disentangle this very diverse and rich ecosystem of programs and organizations that are currently working in the sustainable aviation space in the Nordic countries. She will also give us her personal perspective about what is going on in one of the regions of the world that is farthest ahead when it comes to decarbonizing aviation. So without further ado, let me welcome Maria to the podcast. Hello, Maria. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Very well. I wanted to have this conversation already for quite some time because uh, there's so much going on right now in, in the Nordics and in Sweden in particular with green aviation. And you are pretty much in the center of it all the different programs and initiatives that are taking place right now in, in sustainable aviation in Sweden. This episode is going to be a good occasion to do a bit of recap and get an idea of all the interesting stuff that is going on. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You are a consultant and you have been involved in a number of sustainable aviation projects in Sweden, among them is the Nordic Network for Electric Aviation, that it's also spelled as NEA, N-E-A. You are also part of ELISE, that is another program you're going to tell us about. You've also been uh, working as a consultant with projects like Heart Aerospace, which is a very interesting, cool electric aircraft project that is being developed in Sweden at the moment. And also you are 
involved in some other projects that concern regional airports in Sweden that are also active in the field of sustainable aviation. So a lot going on here. Tell us about yourself and how you got into this world of sustainable aviation. Thank you. Uh, it, yes, it, it seems like a lot when you tell it like that. And um, it's uh, if you look into sustainable aviation, I have been working for a long time in the field since I've been working, been part of it in seven years. And as you know, it's a quite young field. So it's only, I think, 12, 13 years now. So I've been half of the time, I'm basically been into this field. And uh, I kind of started in the field by accident, if I could call it that. <laughs> I was working at the time for Axnobel, a chemistry uh, company, a global chemistry company. That carries and... the name of the carries the name of uh, Nobel, the famous Swedish scientist and uh, entrepreneur that set up the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and Axo is uh, is the Dutch company. So this is the Dutch Swedish company. Uh, and uh, I was so I had all my managers or part of my managers in in Amsterdam. At the time, we had a, a lot of laydowns in Sweden in the chemistry industry. So I was actually working a lot with closing uh, the industry or as part of the industry in Sweden. And that's a very, it's a tough area to work with. And, and after a while, it takes, even if you are not the one getting laid off, it takes a lot of your energy to work with that kind of questions. So then I was asked um, if I wanted to join another uh, Dutch company that was uh, wanted to build a new industry in Sweden and the Nordics, and that was Sky Energy. At the moment, it seemed really like a good idea. I have been working with sustainability for a long time. Oh. And um, I also see the need of flying both in our country, since it's very stretched countries here in the Nordics. But also, I have friends and family in, in the US. And I want to visit them and every once in a while. And I would like to do it in a sustainable way. So there was also a, a personal wish uh, mm -hmm. to make this area more sustainable, I would say. Uh, Sky Energy is one of the most active players in the field of sustainable aviation fuel, SAF, as commonly known in the industry. It's a very active player in this field. Just a note here for, for the listeners that might not be familiar with it. Sky Energy's uh, task was to, to kickstart the market for sustainable aviation fuel. And they were in contact with the Swedish airport, Kalsta Airport, which is the airport of the town where I live. Mm -hmm. uh, and they had the, the, the municipality had told the airport here in Kalsta that they needed to be more sustainable. So therefore, they have looked for friends and, and partners around the world to find someone to, to work together with. And they found Sky Energy. And Sky Energy was pretty much the only player at the time in this field. So they started to work together. And they needed someone to take charge of the, the fund that they wanted to start to develop the fund. The Fly Green Fund was mm -hmm. the name of it. And that is a fund where you share the cost 
the premium cost when you go from fossil to fossil free. Okay. Because they realized that no one else could pay or or take the cost themselves, so that needed to be shared. I I going to stop you here for a second because you mentioned the the Fly Green Fund, which is one of the different entities or organizations that are active in the in the Swedish sustainable aviation landscape and. I think, um, well, I'm going to ask you to give us a bit of an overview about all these different organizations because it can be confusing to know who is who and, and who does what. There is, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there is the Fly Green Fund that where you were mentioning. Then there is the Nordic Network for Electric Aviation that you are also part of. And this is supported by Nordic Innovation, which is a public uh, agency that funds sustainability projects in, in Sweden and, and Scandinavia. Then there is ELISE, that is a, a different program that is also related. There's another initiative called the Fossil Free Aviation 2045 that works in parallel with the other ones we mentioned. So can you tell us a little bit about each of these and, and how they all fit together? Fossil Free Aviation 2045 is a cluster organization that holds all the ecosystem and uh, it's been a project up until um, this year and uh, now is kind of recreating <laughs> we are kind of recreating i would say the the fossil free uh, aviation 2045 as an economic organization so it could be more long lasting and and not be uh, a project and that's owned by the ecosystem around the, the fossil free aviation so it's all, all from the forestry owners to the forestry industry to the chemical industry to the um, sustainable fuel industry biorefineries so on and so forth but also airliners airports and the tourist industry so they are kind of all in that and working together towards the fossil free aviation 2045 in sweden and all domestic travel 2030 uh -huh. and that's also the goals that uh, um that the government uh, has we we have a, also what we call fossil free Sweden okay. to make it even more complicated but Fossil Free Sweden is an organization underneath the government and they are working together with all the different industries in Sweden mm -hmm. so inside Fossil Free Sweden all different industries are making their roadmaps or writing their roadmaps okay. so that's also been done by the aviation industry Mm -hmm. Then Fossil Free Aviation 2045 have taken kind of or are working with the implementation okay. of, the, of the roadmap. Okay. And you have a specific project to make this uh, a reality then? Yes. But now we are mm -hmm. trying to make it more um, long term. So we are uh, creating this economic association now mm -hmm. okay. so we'll move over from and um, we are doing that this spring mm -hmm. actually right now okay. to move it from a project to an economic association uh -huh. and i i when it was a project i was the project manager for that project as well or a cluster manager as uh -huh. we also and and the, as the title was and fly green fund is yeah 
also part like, of this or yes sure they they all part of it uh, but fly green fund is also an economic association and i was the founder and the, mm -hmm. um, built it so that was my first task and sky energy was part owner and uh, uh, nisa the nordic initiative sustainable aviation and the airport of Karlstad was all owners of this uh -huh economic association and is what, still up and running and what does it do what fly green fund is doing is to you can actually already now buy sustainable aviation fuel for your flights okay. being a business or being a private person and um, you pay for your trip Sky, uh, fly green fund is gathering all the money and then they buy fuel for the money and put it into the Swedish system. So it's kind of the same way as we buy what we call green electricity in Sweden. Mm -hmm. For example, here at home, I pay for sustainable electricity or zero carbon electricity that are made in my county. So I pay okay. a little bit extra for okay. that. But I mean, to my house, it might be another kind of electricity because you never know where the neutrons go, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's the, it's the same idea here. You pay for your part in the system, but then it might not be in the airplane that you are flying on. So that's how Fly Green Fund is, is working. It's similar to the KLM corporate program, for example, but when we, so we learned a lot from the KLM corporate program when we founded Fly Green Fund, but, in Sweden, we and we thought about the Nordics. We wanted mm -hmm. to expand to the Nordics. We are too small to just have one airport and one uh, airliner. We wanted to include them all. But SAS so, now has a SAS has a program now as well that lets uh, passengers pay extra yeah. for the sustainable aviation fuel, which is more expensive than the traditional fuel. And in the booking process, you can pay more as, a, as an add-on, as an ancillary. They ask you if you want to top it up buying yeah. the fuel. Austrian Airlines actually, they released also a few days ago, similar program. It's embedded in the, in the booking process. So it's, it's relatively easy to do that. In, in the Fly Green Fund, how does it work? Is it individual people that are putting money into the fund? In the Fly Green Fund, and I just want to say most of the airliners in Sweden, you can actually buy sustainable aviation fuel with your ticket okay so so that's and but if you if you want to fly with an airliner that don't have it in their ticket mm -hmm. uh, or you can buy it from them uh, then you can what we have something in sweden we call swish okay <laughs> it's when you pay with your phone ah yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you just send a, a payment with your phone so you can do that so when you're on the airport and you decide that you want to fly you just switch money over mm -hmm. to the flag refund. Uh, we have calculated for one hour, it's about 300 Swedish kroners, about 30 euros uh -huh. for one hour flying. So if you want to be 100% sustainable aviation fuel, then that's about what you have to pay. Uh, we also, Fly Green Fund also have um, agreements with, uh, uh, with businesses. So then you, you make an agreement on a yearly basis. How's been the uptake? Are there many businesses contributing to this? Do they do it just for the, for the sake of 
doing a contribution, just as they would do a donation to some good cause? Well, this you can actually use in your sustainability report. Okay. Yeah, because okay. you are, uh, since since you are flying on, on sustainable aviation fuel, at the moment, there is, um, since this is so new with sustainable aviation fuel, we don't really have the regulations in place. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, uh, you can, you don't get the, the credits for the, the credits don't follow the fuel, so to speak. So okay. that makes it a little bit different. So that's something we need to look into how to be able, because then it could actually be a scoop too in mm -hmm. your sustainability report. But right now you can pay for it and then you have to, uh, in your sustainability report, you have to treat it as a scope three. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and then, yeah, so, so then, yeah. There are other, um, so and these initiatives, uh, they, they include the whole industry, so sustainable vision fuel. Then you have specific programs that cover the electric aviation initiatives. What can yeah. you tell us about those? Because then you have, the, well, there is the Nordic Network for Electric Aviation, where you are a project manager at the moment. And, and then there is Elise. What can you tell us about that? I, I just want to end with that I, since mm -hmm. I yeah I was the CEO and I built the Fly Green Fund for three years but now there are it's still ongoing and it's I will be on their board meeting today today okay. to tell them more about the fossil free aviation 2045 but it's still vibrant and I think actually after this um, Corona uh, I I think that hopefully it will take off even more because mm -hmm. Fly Green Fund is uh, is still strong market builder for sustainable aviation fuel, I would say. Yeah. And actually but, in Sweden, there, there is, it's been the country uh, where all these environmental issues of aviation have been most highlighted, right? I mean, you have all this movement for the, well, we can talk about this later if you wish, uh, all this movement about the flights, flights coming. Stay on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so like flight scam. shaming, sorry, yeah. flight, flight, flight shaming, shaming. Yeah. Flight shaming yeah. and, and all these, uh, all these things, which, uh, well, I guess some of these initiatives you're working on are actually also response to that. I mean, in finding ways to make aviation more sustainable. So yeah, we were about to go into the electric part of it. What can you tell us so, about it? I just I have a one more puzzle mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle that I need. So from Fly sure. Green Fund, when I worked there, I saw that oh, this is a huge market. A lot of people want to fly on sustainable aviation fuel, and they are actually willing to pay. So what do we new, do now? Uh, the, the Fly Green Fund also made it possible for us. We actually have most airports in in Sweden. I think for any country in the world that have used sustainable aviation fuel, we were the, the biggest user of sustainable aviation fuel. That means, I mean, it's a small part because even if, if Sweden bought all the, the fuel produced today, sustainable aviation fuel produced today, it wouldn't cover our needs because mm -hmm. it's that small production. So when I started to think about this, I thought we need more production. We need more production because there's more people that want to fly on it and we need more production so we hopefully can lower the prices. So then I started to look around because working from the platform of an electric or from an economic association, 
is difficult to do the really big steps like um, uh, kickstarting the production because that's what the net was the next step that if it from my point of view I saw that we needed to do so then I moved over to the Research Institute of Sweden and worked together with SAS and, and Swedavia to found Fossil Free Aviation 2045. So that organization has actually worked more with getting kickstart the production so we can so we actually have fuel to fly on. When yeah, I was about to ask you that. Um, is there a production in Sweden at the moment of uh, sustainable aviation fuel or you bring it from somewhere else, from Holland or from Finland? Or... Yes, we bring it from somewhere else. Uh, it's some production up and coming, but at the moment we are importing. Uh -huh. And I mean, we have all the pieces in the puzzle to actually do it ourselves. So mm -hmm. this is this been a... A mystery, I think. I, I, I guess uh, <laughs> biomass uh, can be a big, a big part of the story here. Uh, Sweden, there's a lot of forestry and that can be used in, in some of these processes to build basically a pipeline, or, well, pipeline, not a metaphorical pipeline here in this case, <laughs> that we're talking about fuel, um, to, well, basically to, to get raw material to yeah. build all this fuel, right? Yeah, and I, I will say it's important then because sometimes I think that biomaterial is um, maybe a little bit misunderstood. In a country like Sweden, where we have so much forest, we will not take down any forest to make fuel because that would be too expensive. But since we already are doing a lot with the forest, for example, building houses, uh, we are well using the timber, we have the, the mills, um, we have the paper mills and so on and so forth. So there, there's always, and there's sawmills. So we always have- um, there's, well, there's waste, right? The waste, yeah, yeah, residues. Yeah. And the residues, that's what, because today we just mostly burn it. So mm -hmm. that's what we should use to make fuel from. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't be labeled as sustainable, right? I mean, if you, you could, potentially do it from, from biomass, but if you're destroying uh, more biomass than, than you would otherwise, then it would hardly be labeled as sustainable. So, that's true. Yeah, so, and same with crops as well. Right? That's, yeah. that's something that uh, it's a prerequisite to be considered sustainable is that you're not subtracting from other uses of land. So what are the prospects for this production in Sweden? Are there any specific plans to build some refineries? When we got the money for the cluster, the Fossil Free Aviation 2045, the Swedish government gave 100, Swedish, uh, 100 million Swedish kroners. So one part was the innovation cluster, and then there were 17 other projects, more technical projects, that have now been working with um, uh, the technical part to, to get a refinery up and running. We also now had a new call with another 100 Swedish million kroners that will um, we will know in June, July who gets the money. Uh, so yes, we are getting closer and closer. And actually this year, I feel much more confident in saying that we hear more and more now clusters that work together that have more muscles have more economical muscle, muscles. Before, it's been more 
research projects, but yeah. now there's actually projects with the big players, if I could call okay. it that. More commercially, well. commercial more, more commercially, yeah. And uh -huh. we already now know that, for example, ST1 and Prem, they 20, I think 22, 2023, 20, they will have sustainable aviation fuel and so on and so forth. So, so mm -hmm. I think there's a, a good chance. And what I really think is the mix between the biomass and electrofuels, because yeah. if you mix the two, it will be one plus one is three. So you will get even more out of it. So I think now when the electrofuel te technique in place, um, I think we will actually see, because since we both have, I mean, we have the clean electricity in the Nordics and we also have the biomass. So that gives us even more opportunities to make something really sustainable and very sufficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a note, let me add a note here, uh, 100 million Swedish Krona is around 10 million euros or around 11, 12 million dollars. Just uh, adding the note here for the, for the listeners of Sweden so that you can get a, a frame of reference here of the amounts we're talking about. Um, you have sustainable aviation fuel projects, then electric. What can you tell us about electric? Because that's an area where there's some interesting yeah. projects as well in Sweden. Possibly the most eye-catching one is this hard aerospace electric aircraft. But that's just part of a, of a broader, broader, not a program itself, but there's different initiatives that are aiming in this direction. That's true. And since we had all this, uh, we had the network in place for sustainable aviation fuel, fossil free aviation, then also the electric aviation came and asked us to, to join as well. And since we already had the ecosystem in it. So the first part that we started with was the, the Nordic network for electric aviation. And that's the network where the Nordics work together to kickstart the electric um, the use of electric aviation. So there we looked for standards, we look for the different parts that we need to have in place for, for the airport, for example, that's one work package. We have one work package so that are looking into what, um, what kind of new business models that we can find around electric aviation. We have one that look more into what kind of challenges do we have here, like uh, snow and wind and bad weather? And, and what, what do we have to think about? Also, in the Nordics, we are looking more into regional electric aviation. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of other projects in the world, they are more looking into um, city close. Yeah, the urban to, air mobility. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's I also... Yeah, I had the chance to have here in the podcast um, the head of carbon reduction at Davinor, the Norwegian airport authority that is, is very active as well in the field of electric aviation. And, and we commented that, that in, in Scandinavia, there it's very suitable, even if there are some range and capacity limitations, because there, there are so many uh, routes that are uh, low density in small communities, in, in places where there, there are distances that are quite long to do by road or by train but or, or where the geography is complicated like in Norway but still they are between range of the current electric aircraft technology so it could be flights of half an hour 
long flights or things like that, or even shorter in some cases. So I guess in Sweden it's a bit similar. You also have a, a country that the territory is very large, but there are many small communities that are scattered all over the place, right? So it makes sense to join them to the network in a, in a clean way. And electric aviation might be a solution for that. Yeah. Now, Norway is even more this special, if I could call yeah. it that. Because yeah, they have uh, the mountains as well, and the <laughs> yes, fjords. Yes, so. and the fjords. Yeah, we don't, yeah. don't really have that. But uh, yeah, I, I do. we do have a lot of... Um, we, we have a very long country, and there's a lot... Um, well, we, we have a lot of our country that where no one lives at all. So what we actually want to do is build buses with wings, I guess you could say. Right? So this is actually regional traffic. And also we need regional traffic between our Nordic countries. We need to work more together and collaborate more. And when we join forces in the Nordics, we're actually the 12th biggest economy in the world, mm -hmm. which gives us some power to do something. Yeah. And I would agree with Olaf. It was very much, I would say, Norway. They started all this uh, in the world, globally, when mm -hmm. they said that they want all their domestic traffic to be electrified by 2040. Mm -hmm. Is there a similar commitment in Sweden to get uh, domestic uh, traffic, air traffic, reach a certain degree of electrification or, or decarbonization at a specific date? Or it's more of a a long-term program that doesn't really set up a, a hard deadline. We actually have, have a, a goal that says that domestic aviation should be fossil-free 2030, but okay. we don't say which one, which kind of what, what technical solution. Mm -hmm. We think very much that we need all the technical solutions. Yeah, and that that we have that we know now and. Probably in 2045, we will even have technical solutions that we don't even know about today. Why, why so 20... we think hydrogen also will be part of this. Why, why 2045 was chosen as a date for the program? Well, 2045 is the date that we have set for fossil-free Sweden. Okay. So it's just to align the mm -hmm. aviation industry in Sweden with all other industries. And that would include uh, international flights as well so it would be 20 2030 uh, domestic so all domestic flights should be carbon yeah. free and 2045 all activity basically and okay. we say fossil free but because there is a difference we we need to be better on calculating the carbons or the co2 levels mm -hmm. so and and actually if you even if you change if you if you are calculating on the life cycle uh, calculation, even if you change all your fuel to sustainable aviation fuel, you still have some carbons on your account, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we talk about fossil-free aviation, because mm -hmm. yeah. um, we need to learn more and know more about how you calculate with the carbons. Mm -hmm. What about the these organizations, uh, Nordic? Nordic Network for Electric Aviation and Elise, do they follow a similar structure as the Fly Green Fund and Fossil Free Aviation 2045? Or are they also a kind of an organization to, to get together all the ecosystem or are there a government organizations? How, what's the governance no, uh, here? Um, 
Well, the, the network for electric aviation is more mostly the aviation, uh, the airliners and the airport industry in the Nordics. Okay. Um, and also, and they are very much um, connected to our governments. And, and they um, are Nordic in scope, so it's not just Sweden, but you have here Norway and Finland and Denmark sure. and uh, I think Iceland and Greenland as well included, right? Yes. They are all included, and and the difference between the NIA and Elise is that Elise is a Swedish project, and that's more based on the academic world to to build up the the research and the academic world around electric aviation, so we can have the foundation and the work for a new um, for, for for a new path of the of the avi aviation industry that we already have in Sweden, the industry, since we already are, we already have the, the aviation industry in, in Sweden, and this is the project to kind of build on that history and the knowledge we have. Mm -hmm. And if I look for the Nordic Network for Electric Aviation in Google, it comes up on a site of uh, Nordic innovation. So Nordic innovation, uh, from what I learned, is government organization that is funding uh, many of these programs. And uh, by Nordic, when it, the fact that it's called Nordic, I guess it's several governments are involved in this. So it's a sort of a coordinated effort. Yeah. So all our Nordic ministers, uh, meet in the Nordic Minister organization. I'm not sure yeah. what it's called in uh -huh. in English. And and then they have this Nordic innovation and for example Nordic Energy Research and other organizations where we can apply for money when we work for when we do joint efforts for the whole of the Nordics. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So. In this context, what are the most promising, in your opinion, the most promising directions in which all these programs are moving? I mean, are there any milestones uh, in the immediate future? I'm, I'm not referring just to the 2030 uh, milestone that we commented about the fossil-free domestic aviation, but specific examples of programs like for example, there is the hard aerospace, which I think it's a it's a private project, right? It's a, it's a startup. Um, startup, yes. Then we have also some airports, I think, in in Sweden that are also running their own programs. Uh, I think Swedavia, that is the airport operator, is also. Uh, I, they announced recently that they they've gone fossil fossil free, I think, for their own operations. That doesn't include the flights, uh, of course. If the technology is not yet there, but uh, all the ground operations, the uh, I think yeah. interesting with Sudovia yeah. as well is that they are actually, they are all their business travels are done on sustainable aviation fuel. Okay. All of it. Mm -hmm. So they actually buy. So they were one of the first customers that I had in Flag Green Fund. <laughs> mm -hmm. So so they are buying all their, and that's quite a lot. So mm -hmm. um, they have helped. I would say very much in in the changes that's done been done here in Sweden and and also reason for why we are in the front line. But I would say the work they done is actually also helped globally because they not only pay for their business travel, they also 
prepare for it at their airports. So for example, Arlanda, the Stockholm Arlanda Airport, that was the first airport in the world where we used the same infrastructure as um, the fossil infrastructure for sustainable aviation fuel. And for an outsider, it could seem like it's that so much. <laughs> but yes, it is, because we are showing that it's possible. And that makes other ones to come and see what they've done at Stockholm Arlanda. And it also makes other inspired to do the same. But may I ask you, what, what is the challenge? I mean, do you have to set up a different infrastructure for sustainable aviation fuel? So you need to duplicate things like depots, like fuel depots and stuff like pipelines and stuff like that. Or what, what, what are the challenges for, for this not to be more widespread? Yeah, for you mean for sustainable aviation yeah. fuel then in specific. Yeah, it's different. I mean, at the moment, it's so it's still so rare. So it's more or less a project for every country or for every delivery. So, for example, in Sweden, it comes to a harbor, um, Javla Harbor. That's where we get the, the fuel, the sustainable aviation fuel, and that is of course certified. Then at the harbor, it gets certified, it gets mixed with fossil fuel to 50%, and then that needs to be certified again. And then you can, for example, if it's going to Arlanda, it's going by train in a truck. And then uh, when it comes to Arlanda, Arlanda, it goes down in the pipeline. So from there, we actually don't know which airplane it comes to. It, it will spread and come mm -hmm. to all the... But that's the way we would like to do it, of course, because that's the most um, efficient way to get mm -hmm. more, most mm -hmm. out of our money. But then also at the Jävle, there could also be uh, trucks that then will take the, the fuel to the airport. The smaller airports, mm -hmm. they have tanks instead yeah. of the fuel system underneath the, the ground. Uh -huh. And I, I read that there are some airports in Sweden as well that are doing some testing on, on new propulsion technologies as well. Is this also sponsored by uh, all these organizations? What can you tell us about all this? It's, uh, you, you mean now is, that's mainly for electric aviation? Uh -huh. We yeah. have one, uh, we have a both one in Östersund, uh, where we, the green flyway, uh, mm -hmm. where we work together with uh, the Norwegians. Okay. And then there's another one is the FAIR project, as the Swedes and the Finns working together. And now we're trying to put these uh, two together as well. The, uh, the so, one with, uh, sorry, the one with Finland, is it the one in, uh, I think it's called the Kvarken region? Yes. Ah, okay, yes. yeah. I, I spoke with them. There's a post in the All Plane website. I'm going to post a link in the, in the footnotes so um, yeah. that people can learn more about that. It's an interesting one, yeah. It is. And they work more with how can regions develop mm -hmm. to meet the demands of electric aviation. Yep. In Östersund, they are building a test bed. Like, just like we in, in Sweden, in the north of Sweden, we have a test uh, arenas for cars because it's very good to try them there since it's very cold and snowy and everything so you know if they work there they will work more or less everywhere so Östersund would like to do the same thing for electric uh, aviation mm 
and also there's a lot of airspace between, for example, Trondheim and uh, and Östersund, uh, and then you get to try it over to two countries and and also well there's airspace so so it's a good area to test mm -hmm. then then we also have um, a test area where we are testing um, autonomous uh, okay. aviation so, more and yeah. autonomous like um, air towers yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, as yeah, well yeah. yeah and so we have the autonomous air tower there we also have drones and they are also looking into more uh, around electric aviation as well so we uh -huh. have different and then we have one in south in the southern part of sweden that's more about drones as well mm -hmm. so that's different test areas and they are very much um, i would say um partly paid by the by the state and different calls and then we have besides heart aerospace we also have katla aviation and and we have a uh, blackwing or they are calling themselves more or less green wing now. Yeah, I, but yeah. they are going more into electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, them. Yeah. Yeah, lots going on. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and what we see now in the new application, and I hope uh, that this goes through, so we get some money for that as well. Then the our we call it the blue light uh, organization. You have the ambulance. You have the uh, the um, when you watch the seas, uh, sea rescue, okay, the mountain rescue organizations and things like that. And they have also now applied to to get um, some money, so they can use their projects that are looking into if you can use drones to find people in the mountains okay. uh, where, when it's very bad. Um, when is the the weather is very bad, for example, or out at the sea? Uh, but there's also the more traditional organizations that that we have the sea rescue and the mountain rescue that are looking into if they can use sustainable aviation fuel or electric aviation for their work. Okay. So so now so it's kind of carriage and rescue ready. applications. Yeah. So you, you're developing and also that that part. So what we hope what. I think would be a very good thing is if our governments, and we see it more maybe in Norway, uh, because in Norway they have more roads in Norway that are already paid by the government, because mm -hmm. as you said earlier, they're so small, so the mm -hmm. government helped to pay for them. We have some of that in Sweden, but what we hope as well is that the, our governments are getting in there and when they buy the services that they, they buy them sustainable. They that they set set uh, the rule that it needs to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And for example, when uh, well, the king and the queen has their airplane, that of course should go on sustainable aviation fuel or should be electric. The same goes for the governmental travel that should be on sustainable aviation fuel or it should be on electric because that would help to increase the demand and the more we can increase the demand hopefully hopefully we get also the market up and running because i do think that's the the problem now and i think that's something we are thinking more about now with electric aviation because if we look into sustainable aviation fuel yes we have been working a lot with the technical uh, um, development but we have the and we have the technical development, but we have a very hard 
time to get it commercialized. Something mm -hmm. happens there that we have all the technical parts and then we start arguing who will pay mm -hmm. and where will the costs be. And it's not that strange because this is new. It's a new way of working, it's new, new organizations that need to work with each other and the value chain is not set yet. It's yeah. difficult to know where are the risks, where are the benefits and we have kind of, I think, from this is my personal view, kind of ignored that and just looked into the technical path and make that possible. And I think we need to make this work more together. This is... Um, a change on the system level. Yeah. So it's sustainable mobility. So we need to make the, all this work together and not fight each other, but work together and build the market. And I think we should do that from the beginning now with electric aviation that we see to it that we build step by step, we build also the market and the technical, the demand and the technical solutions need to go hand by hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, well, you have one of the projects that is getting more attention in, in the world right now. It is hard aerospace in, in Sweden. I had the chance to see some videos uh, where it's explained how they work. Um, and I guess they, they must be pretty close to having a, a flying prototype. There is a, a small prototype uh -huh. <laughs> sized down already in place in Seva. Uh, you have the propellers, they are already in place and, and full scale mm -hmm. uh, and working up and running. Uh, they have also built, um, what do you call that, the seats and the, mm -hmm, the cabin, the body, the cabin. Yeah. So you can actually try to sit in the uh -huh. plane already. And uh, so, yes, there are some. Uh, things in place and, and a very good simulation station that they mm -hmm. have as well. So you can try to fly it uh, and, and sit in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. So it's getting closer and closer. They are in line with the project uh, time uh, lines. So it's, um, well, it's very exciting. And what, I, I'm, what's I'm the time really- frame? What's the time frame? Uh, 2026. For operations or? When, when the first uh, plane will be in use? In regular use. So not the first flight, but enter into service. So it, I guess it needs to be certified first. So yeah, it depends, of course, a lot about that as well. But uh, we are, our hard aerospace are working close with EASA. Mm -hmm. And also it's the same certification process as uh, Pipistrel. That's why it's an ES-19. Uh, uh -huh. So we could, so it could keep the same, and we had the first Swedish certified Pipistrel on the same airport where the Hart Aerospace is being built. Mm -hmm. so, uh, had the Pipistrel founder here on the podcast as well a few weeks mm -hmm. ago. Yeah, so I'll add a note as well to the show notes so that people can can check out this yeah. uh, very interesting company as well from Slovenia. Yeah. Very and good. they are, it's actually the flight school at Seva Airport that have bought in the Pipistral, so they can now in parallel also train the new pilots. So so it's all it's yeah it's it's a puzzle, but it's it seems like everyone is taking their piece, and if they do, mm -hmm. then we will. Yeah. So the they, they the regional. 
buses with wings quite yeah, soon. Yeah, the, the, the whole <laughs> ecosystem is, is taking place in, yeah. in, in Sweden and the Nordics. That's going to be interesting to see because it looks like it's going to be one of the very first regions in the world that it's going to be experiencing all this whole new world of aviation for real if everything yeah. goes according to plan. We will we will do a, a tour with the Pipistrel with the um, mm-hmm. Gothenburg Flight School this mm-hmm. summer where we will fly both ways, uh, I mean back and forth between uh, some parts both in, in Sweden, Denmark and, and Norway mm-hmm. and where we will also tell the story about the future of electric aviation. Sounds exciting, very well. Yes. So. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on all the interesting stuff that is happening there in Scandinavia. If people want to learn more about what you guys do up there in the north, what is the best way, what are the best resources they should check? Is there a specific website that you would recommend or you would direct people to? At the moment, since there is kind of a gap right now between the for the fossil free aviation 2045, this is something we are working on. And um, but the the website that we had for the project would probably be closed quite soon. Uh, And we have just started the economic association that will bring this forward. So if you just give us some time, there will soon be uh, a project a place but if they i i try to post things on linkedin and i try to post things on twitter for example in the meantime because one part why we are joining together in these uh, ecosystems and networks is because we want to share we want this to happen and we have the possibility here in the nordics to to maybe move a little bit ahead so we are happy to do so, but of course, this is a global matter. Mm-hmm. So we need to do this together. And aviation is very global. I mean, all the all, all, all the security and all the now I'm losing words. Yeah, no you say when, when you when you need to have the all the standards and, yeah. and everything uh-huh. that needs to be global. Yeah. We can try it out because we do we do have a, the network, we have the ecosystem in place, we have the electricity that's already zero carbon in, in most or close to zero carbon mm-hmm. in, in uh, uh, our Nordic countries. We also have the forestry. So it's, it's so many things that we could actually try out here. And then you asked, we, we haven't really talked that much about policies and, and the governmental, but we also, as you know, we also have the quota systems. In Norway, it's already implemented. In Sweden, it will be implemented in, in the summer. So we, ha- we also are, in one way, forerunners in that sense as well. You mean, uh, sorry, you mean the, the mandate for sustainable aviation fuel? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And, and we also have the taxes and, and the tax on aviation as well. And uh, yeah, we, we can, it would of course be much easier if it was a carbon, a global carbon tax on mm-hmm. everything. So it would be similar because it is difficult for our airliners and airports to, to be ahead of the mm-hmm. rest of the world when it comes to some of those um, policies. Yeah. 
but I think that um, that's also part of, we talked about flight shame earlier. So we have a higher demand, I think, on being sometimes, I think, uh, maybe globally, that you think that we are running maybe a little bit too fast uh, and that we are doing our own um, solutions. But if we look at it at, uh, at, from our standpoint, it's uh, in the context where we are living, we cannot uh, say that we will have will have fifty percent less um, emissions from from the aviation t industry twenty fifty. It's no, it's not good enough for for the context we live in. So we need to find other solutions and other goals. And hopefully, hopefully that could be. We hope that that could be a help for the rest of the world as well. Globally. We are seen upon that that we are troublemakers because mm. we do our do it in in one way in our own way or we do it a little bit more than maybe uh, what we have agreed upon on a global level. But from the context where we live in, if we want the aviation to continue, and we do because we see the benefits of aviation then we need to find solutions and we need to find it faster than maybe what we are aiming for on a global level. Yeah, certainly you are taking a leadership role here, guiding the industry towards all these new paths. I mean, there has to be someone leading the pack, right? So, And I would say I would also, the industry in Sweden are taking a high stake. The aviation industry in Sweden and Norden, and the Nordics are taking a high stake but they are very willing to do it. And, and I, I find it very inspiring, inspiring. for all of us mm -hmm. to work with them because mm -hmm. this is difficult. Sometimes the industry here in the Nordics, yeah. they, got, they get yelled at uh -huh. by, the, by the society because it's well around travel, all this with flight shame and everything. <laughs> yeah, they're probably, they're not doing enough. And uh -huh. then when they go out in the world and talk to their colleagues in the world, they get yelled at because they think they are doing too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they 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 have a, diff, a really difficult role, I would say, yeah. but a very important role. And also when we talked about flight chain before, what's important as well, I think, yes, it's sometimes we um, think it's it's difficult and you get in discussions that are where you kind of get stuck but most of the time i would say that it's a healthy discussion because it makes us move forward mm -hmm. we need to do something we need to find solutions we need to be innovative we need to be open to all kind of technical solutions that we can find because we also see that we have from a swedish point of view we are a big export country. We need to get out there to see our customers, to to work with them together with the rest of the world. Otherwise, we will not have any work or any jobs in Sweden either. We are very dependent on, on global export. export. And also, I think that what we see happening in the world right now it's kind of very, it's kind of scary in a lot parts, a lot of parts of the world when we are kind of closing up yeah. and more and more take care of our own and our own countries and 
what we need and what we have to do. And I don't believe in that kind of world. I don't want my children and grandchildren to grow up in that kind of world. I, I want a global world where we live together and we work together and we try to find solutions together. And to do so, I think we need to meet. I, I think it's fantastic that we can meet like this mm -hmm. um, in cyberspace. Yeah. But I do think that we also need to, to really connect. We need to meet in real life as well. And I yeah. think that's really super important, both to find the solutions for the climate, but also to keep peace and mm -hmm. an open world and a democratic world. Therefore, I want to work with and I hope we will find uh, the solutions for a more sustainable aviation because that's the way, at least what we know now, that's the way we can travel long distance. Indeed. Very well. So, yeah, happy to to help uh, showcase all these initiatives from, from the, this very modest platform and, and to get the word out and, and to give diffusion to all the good work that you are doing there in, in Scandinavia. So Maria, it's been, it's been a great pleasure and hopefully won't be the last time uh, that we get to, to speak about progress that you guys are making up there in the north. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's very, it's, I love to talk about it. <laughs> I can see that. Well, we need to then set up another, another conversation and keep track of all these interesting projects. Thank you very much. Thank you. Before you go, and if you like this podcast, a quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify, or whichever platform you're using, or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much and see you soon.